0: Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. If this is your first time, as always, check out the trailer. Tell you everything you need to know. This week we're talking about the Indiana Pacers. They were another team with their start in the ABA. They won three finals while playing in the ABA behind guys like uh, Roger Brown, Mel Daniels, George McGinnis, Dom Buse really important guy a lot of really important names during the, their ABA times but I'm only concerned about the, the NBA now they were one of four teams from the ABA that still exist in the NBA we've already talked about a couple of them the Denver Nuggets and the Nets uh, then also the San Antonio Spurs spoiler alert it's me a long time before we talk about them their first season in the NBA nice season 36 wins missed the playoffs they didn't make the playoffs until 1980 they lost in the first round didn't make it again until 87. And by the time 1990 came around, they were a perennial playoff team. Only missed it once. Only missed the playoffs once from 1990, 2006. That was in 1997. Why is that, you ask? Partly Reggie Miller, partly just a great team atmosphere. They were constantly contenders. Made the conference finals in 94, 95, 98, 99, 2000. And 2004. Of course, in 2000, they also made the NBA Finals, lost against the Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant uh, Lakers. They're coached for three years by Larry Bird. He said when he first came in, he was going to coach three years and be done. He led them to two straight conference finals and lost in the finals. He could've been an all-time great coach, Larry Bird, if he stuck around for longer. But he just had a three-year arc, and that's that's fine. Their best season, statistically, was 2004, behind the might of Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest, a couple other big pieces, and that was when Reggie Miller was on his last leg. 61 wins in 2004. Of course, the next season, it was completely marred by the malice at the Palace. Ron Artest charging into the stands to attack a fan who threw a beer at him. He, O'Neal... Steven Jackson and a couple others were suspended most of the most of the rest of the season. But in 2005, they were probably going to be the best team in the league. That finals between the Spurs and Pistons, it just didn't, it felt like something was missing and that was probably the Pacers. That was their best chance to win a title. But when you put all your faith into a couple of hotheads, it's it's not gonna end up well. By 2007, all those pieces were gone and that playoff rusher was over. They had Danny Granger, amazing, amazing score, short career. And he kind of led them into that he was part of the first couple playoff teams in the 2010s now between 2012 to 2014 they were probably the second best team in the east they made two straight conference finals lost both times to the miami Heat and lebron james now, 2013 is when danny granger got hurt missed the whole pretty much the whole year and his career went down from there that's also the year paul george stepped up and became a bona fide star uh, and other than in 2015 when paul george was hurt they made the playoffs every single year that paul george played for the pacers now they made the playoffs every single season from 2016 through 2020 paul george was gone for those last three years traded for oladipo and zabonis uh it's bonus was a nice surprise in the last couple years became an all-star oladipo had one great year and then kind of fell off a the cliff they were bounced out of the first round For five straight seasons and over the last three years have been uh, among the leagues lesser teams both Tyrese Halliburton at point guard they look like they got a nice future ahead of them they have 27 playoff appearances in their 47 years in the NBA just below 500 they are right in the middle of the pack with a 497 winning percentage while in the NBA it's 15th among all active franchises Now in these rankings, they're behind a couple of teams. They have a better record than in the regular season, but no titles, only one appearance, a lot of conference finals appearances. So good for them, but only one final appearance. That really, really hurts them. But to the rankings in our first team, our point guard is Vern Fleming. Now there's a couple of guys that had better peaks than him, but he played with the Pacers for 11 years, averaging 11 and five on 50% shooting. That's really nice. Seven years in the playoffs. And he's second in career assists, just behind Reggie Miller, who played there for about a 1,000 years. Third in all-times game played, third in minutes played, and eighth in points, despite not really being a point scorer. Now, he wasn't on the team for that finals appearance, and most of his peak was when they were not all that good. But I think longevity, seven playoffs, that's, not, that's nothing to scoff at. I think Vern Fleming's the right choice here. First team shooting guard. Now, this one is unbelievably obvious. Really, they're only Hall of Famer if you're just considering NBA statistics. Reggie Miller, 18 years, didn't miss a lot of games all time. He's played 1,389 games. That's good for 13th most all time. He's also 22nd in points with 25,279. Played his entire career with the Pacers. That is by far their most in franchise history, about over double the next guy. He also leads the Pacers in both steals and assists. and three-pointers, he was the original three-point prototype. Had the record until Ray Allen broke it in 2011. For his career, he made 2,563 three-pointers. He only led the league twice in three-pointers. His peak was at 229 in 1997. Now, if he was playing today, he'd be jacking up, what, 10 threes a game? averaging 28 29 points not a great defender not a great passer but ran around screens was the focal point of every offense Averaged about 18 points from the start till the end in that 2005 season best chance for him to get a title that was his last season he was still playing well 15 points a game led the league in free throw percentage but his teammates just let him down by charging into the stands a first team small forward he ranks way lower on stats than you would anticipate but you gotta go Paul George He was only on the team for seven years, the first two as kind of a role player. In 2013, won most improved player, averaging only 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists, but legendary defender. By 2014, his scoring stepped up. He was hurt all of 2015, hurt in a USA basketball game. 2016 and 17, you know, 23 point per game score. Uh, He's the all time leader in most seasons, uh, being named third team All-NBA. So that's kind of telling he's always been a really really good player never necessarily great but he led them to the playoffs every single year he was healthy six years to the playoffs for the pacers two conference finals two first round exits you know i'll take it now that short career really short peak with the pacers kind of sets him back he doesn't even rank in the top 10 in points or games and as a scorer he really came into his own when he went to oklahoma city he was All-Defense three times with the Pacers. All-NBA, third-team every time. And he was third-team All-NBA three times. He was ninth in MVP voting in 2014. First-team power forward. A teammate of Reggie Miller, an important part in that 2000 finals run. Dale Davis. He was a bruiser at 10 and 9 guy for his career, shooting 58%. He made the playoffs each one of his... Pacer seasons, except for that 97 weird year. Conference finals a bunch of times. Now in those finals, played 23 games in the 2000 playoffs, playing 31 minutes a game, 52% shooting, 11 rebounds a game, a block and a steal, only nine points. A couple years earlier though, 65% shooting at 16 games in the 1998 playoffs. Just a real steady guy. Their all-time leader in NBA rebounds with 6,006. One of the guys, that the type of guy you needed in the 90s and 2000s, a tough guy who can grab you rebounds. Kind of a relic of an older age though. First team center, this one is quite clearly Jermaine O'Neal. Eight seasons with his, with the Pacers, most improved player in 2002. That's not the first time you've heard "Most Improved Player." The Pacers have won the award five times. I mentioned this when we were talking about the Magic because they are tied with the most with five. Let's go through it: 2000, Jalen Rose; 2002, Jermaine O'Neal; 2009, Danny Granger; 2013, Paul George; 2018, Victor Oladipo. Oh, I think Jermaine—he looked like he could be a Hall of Famer for a couple of years there, but he started late, wasn't, didn't really—he he came right out of high school, started playing when he was 18 four years wasted in Portland and took him until he was 23 to really start putting up you know statistics at all and then by the time he was 29 he was done injuries took a toll age came quick he missed most of the 05 and 06 season between injuries and suspension but from 2002 to 2004 he was 20 points 10 rebounds really ugly shooting percentages for a big man you don't love that we've talked about this before but the early 2000s kind of a weak league he was third in MVP voting in 2004 Averaging 20 and 10, 61 win team. end up with two third teams and a second team in that nice three year span. An absolute swatter. You think of him more of an offensive player as he really was, but in his career, he's 23rd in total blocks in NBA history. So that's our first team, Vern Fleming, Reggie Miller, Paul George, Dale Davis, Jermaine O'Neal. Second team, there's an argument. Our point guard could have been named on the first team. I'm putting Mark Jackson. Six years with the Pacers. First game in 95, traded first trade in the 94 offseason from the Clippers to the Pacers. Traded away in the 96 offseason, and then later that, that year, February 97, traded back from the Nuggets to the Pacers. Didn't get enough the first time around, I guess. Now, I don't think he, you could say he's first team because his best seasons were just now with the Pacers. It was early with the Knicks, and then in 97 it was the only season he led the league in assists with 11.4 per game but his stats dipped the first half of the season with Denver He was averaging 10 points 12 assists dropped to 9 and 9 in the second half with the Pacers now he was the point guard on that 2000s team that went to the finals in those playoffs he was averaging 8 points 8 assists sub 40% shooting not great but historically a, a very good very solid player he was rookie of the year in 88 played an all-star game in 89 was never all NBA but for his career sixth in total assists with 10,334 third among Pacers players second team shooting guard oh, it gets really weak here the Pacers are known for that a lot of great couple good point guards a lot of really good small boards really really good forwards a couple good centers shooting guard was really weak so we are stretching here I'll take one great season in one great season is what Victor Oladipo gave us. Now he's part of that massive trade in 2017. It was Victor Oladipo and Damanta Sabonis to the Pacers for Paul George. He's actually traded with Dom Sabonis the year earlier from the Magic to the Thunder for Serge Ibaka. Now it looked like found money. After averaging being a you know 16, four and four guy for the first four years of his career, in 2018, One most improved player, averaging 23 points on 48% shooting, 37% from three while taking six a game, five rebounds, four assists, led the league with 2.4 steals. Uh, He was third team All-NBA, first team All-Defense in 2018. The second year looked great again in 2019, but he only played 36 games, got hurt and his career was just never the same. Three and a half total years with Indiana, two All-Star games, one really, really good season. Took him to the playoffs in 2018 and took the uh, Cavs to seven games. You know, what else can you say? He doesn't rank at all a career Pacers stats, but that one great season, I think it's worth it. Second team small forward. I think second team and third team, you could flip and be okay Okay, either way. I'm going Danny Granger. Nine years with the Pacers. Later pick than you would have anticipated coming out of college. And he really didn't have a great rookie season. It took him until 2008 to become a full-time starter in 2009 most improved player averaging 26 points per game five rebounds shot 40 percent from three while taking 6.7 a game that'd be more like 10 a game 10 years later now it wasn't a playoff team there was a lot of good forwards in that era so he didn't make any all-nbas but that 2012 Pacers team oof George Hill Paul George at shooting guard Danny Granger there David West Roy Hibbert that could have been great he got hurt Paul George took the torch and they never had that second score. He should have been that second scorer, but his career was done by 29. Only played 11 seasons in the league. He ends up sixth all-time in Pacers points, just shy of 10,000. And second in three-pointers, 964. It's about 1,600 less than Reggie Miller for first place, but second place ain't bad. Second team power forward, the Grand Teuton, deadlift shrimp. He was better with the Sonics, Later in his career, didn't start playing ball until he was 23 years old with the Mavericks. A Couple bad years. I talked about this last week with Drazen Petrovic, but sometimes, especially back then, it, it took the international guys a few years to really get adjusted. But when he got adjusted, he was awesome. Five total years with, with Indiana. Averaged 17 points per game, about nine rebounds, shooting 51% from the field. All-star in 93. He was also sixth man twice in 91-92. Back-to-back sixth man of the year. Then he went to Seattle and was a bona fide starter and a borderline superstar. He's second all-time in triple-doubles for the Pacers with six. Second team center, another international star, the dunking Dutchman from the Netherlands, Rick Smits. He played his whole career with the Pacers. 12 total seasons, averaging 15 points. Not a great rebounder, six rebounds a game for his career. Could block some shots, peaked at 2.1 his second season. Now kind of like how Reggie retired after 2005, which is probably his best chance to get a title. Rick Smits retired in 2000, the same year they lost in the NBA Finals. Kind of devastating, honestly. He's second all time in Pacers points never went above 19 a game but played most games most seasons and played for a long time only with the pacers between him and reggie they're really the only guys to be career pacers not a lot of others since they merged the nba he was seven foot four number two overall pick and unlike petrovich and shrimp he really started off strong first team all rookie that's our second team point guard mark jackson victor oladipo danny granger detlef shrimp and rick Smits. Onto the third team. Point guard was really tough. I didn't love where I went, but I went with Jamal Tinsley. I think just because he was on that really good stretch in 04 and 05. In that 05 season, he was having a career year of 15 points, 6 assists, a couple steals a game. Now he was a dreadful shooter from the field. Below 40%, below 30 from three point. Played seven years with the Pacers. He's fourth all time in their assists. Such a good tough guy, a guy that belonged on the team he was on. Now after contract issues in 09, he didn't play with the team again. And his career kind of tumbled, kind of Le'Veon Bell-esque. Just wasn't good for the rest of his career. Never went above four points per game. His nickname was Mel Mel the Abuser. That's your fun fact of the day. Third team shooting guard. Another one I had a lot of trouble with because there's just not a great choice. But I went with Lance Stevenson. Now his first four seasons were in Indiana and then he played again in 2018. And then another stop for 40 games in 2022 during that COVID stretch where everybody was getting signed. I think he was second in most improved player voting in 2014. So they could have had a sixth and back to back most improved player winners. But Korn Drogic won it and he deserved it. But in that season, he was a really good defender. Pesky defender. Got a lot of texts, but 14 points per game, 7 rebounds, about 5 assists, 49% shooting, hit his three pointers. Then he signed a big contract with Charlotte and never played well again. Just like Jamal Tinsley, he belonged on that team. It's where he thrived and anywhere else he would have just been a sore thumb. They needed a tough defensive player and a guy who was well-rounded. He tried to be a scorer, tried to be a point forward who was undersized for a forward later in his career, but had a nasty handle and was an early triple-double guy. It was before the triple-double boom, but in 2014, he had five triple-doubles that led the league. A couple years later, that looked like an embarrassing number to lead the league. But once people started shooting more threes, the floor is more spread. It was easier for guards to get rebounds, and everybody was averaging triple-doubles. So, yeah. But back then, five was a lot for one season. I don't love that pick, but I challenge you to find a better s- shooting guard. He had one really good season. I, n- I don't think another shooting guard had one really good season. Third-team small forward. This was tough for different reasons, because he could have been second-team Chuck Person. And he was famous getting torched by Larry Bird when he tried to smack talk him. But he was a really good scorer, six years in Indiana, made the playoffs four times, bounced out of the first round all four times. But he stepped up in the playoffs twice. He averaged over 26 points per game in those first round exits. In his Pacers career averaged 19 points, 48% shooting, making a three a game on 35%. That's pretty good. Ended up going to Minnesota, San Antonio, Charlotte, Seattle. He's only really good with Indiana for those six years, but he's one of their probably five best players since going to the NBA. Small forward's just a tough position. Well-rounded scorer, kinda like Melo, but not as good as Melo, but could score from anywhere. Melo's always my comp for those tough bucket getters. They don't make it look as easy as KD does, but always looks fluid. 13 power forward. This is a really tough one. I think this is my toughest decision yet, but I'm going Dom Sabonis. Now, both he and David West played four years. He played a little more than four years, about four and a half years, but he had two straight All-Stars in 2020 and 2021, averaging about 19 points, 12 rebounds a game, five, six, seven assists per game. Like baby Jokic, really he's more like what his dad was supposed to be. Arvidas Sabonis, what he was supposed to be, but just came in at the wrong time, the wrong era. Came in too late in his career to really see what he looked like overseas. But everything you hear about his dad's offensive game is what you see with his son Dom Sabonis, Uh, doing awesome things in Sacramento. And I absolutely love it, but like a true power forward, kind of today's Pau Gasol, just 20 and 12, but also gets a ton of assists, shoots a high percentage, 45 for his career. And I think the two all-star games is what puts him above David West. David West with better teams, put up more meaningful stats, but Sabonis put up better stats. And if he had what David West had, not a competition. In 13 center, one of the most unfortunate careers of the 2010s, Roy Hibbert played there seven seasons, was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, two-time All-Star despite never averaging more than 13 points with low shooting percentages. Not a great rebounder, but a tremendous defender. Back in 2013-14, teams were like, how are we going to deal? The, the Heat with LeBron and Wade were like, how are we going to deal with... Roy Hibber what answer do we have for this big man in the middle and the floor started getting spread and you couldn't play him anymore and it kind of sucks it's like okay because these guys are standing farther away I'm not good at basketball anymore he was a great shot blocker could have won defensive player of the year in both 2013 and 14 and it wouldn't really been wrong he ends up fifth all-time in Pacers blocks his entire career spanned nine seasons just crazy. By 2014, 15, he was, everybody wanted him. Two years later, he's gone just out of the league, not even with bad injuries or anything like that. It's just, he was a relic of an older era. I say that all the time, but he is the most, like you saw it happen within two years. It's absolutely crazy that it happened. Uh, honorable mentions, a lot of ABA honorable mentions, Start off with Roger Brown, three-time All-ABA, three-time ABA champion, Average 20 points, three times. If you're including ABA in this list, he's going to be first team. Mel Daniels would 100% be first team center, and not really even close. Five-time All-ABA, two-time ABA MVP, three-time champion. God, the Pacers just dominated the ABA for that little stretch there. Led the ABA in rebounding three times, but when he came to the NBA, it was already past his prime, but he couldn't hold up, which is why I don't include ABA players in this list, because they're just different leagues. Only a couple players really transcended both leagues, and those were great players. Same thing for Billy Knight, who played a couple years in the NBA, but just not long enough to justify putting him on this list, especially in a tough, small forward position. 28 points a game. 76 ABA, Freddie Lewis, Don Buse, a lot of really good ABA players, uh, Ron Artest, I'm really shocked he didn't end up on this list, and really, he could have been, if he didn't charge the stands in 2005, get traded away the next season, in a panic move from Indiana, he should have, he, he was a better player than Chuck Person, the 2004 season, 13 All-NBA, Defensive Player of the Year, sandwiched between four Ben Wallace dpo wise in the seven games it's a really small sample size but in the seven games before he was suspended in 2005 he's averaging 25 points six rebounds three assists on 50 shooting while shooting 40 percent from he was he was shooting 50 40 90 that season on 25 points per game again seven games whatever but look he could have been first team all nba if he didn't charge the stands note to the kids out there don't charge stands uh david west just behind just right behind a bonus again i think the two all-stars swayed me i think if you flip their careers put each other on put dom on those 2012 to 13 14 seasons instead of david west they would have been a better team so i'm going with him and then george hill who's a fine starter nice era uh, nothing special you could have said he's above jamal pinsley both or kind of toss it give it whatever but that's the list thank you guys for listening if you want to tweet my wrong opinions Tweet me at JakeClark underscore three. Hashtag wrong opinion. We will be back next week. We've only got two more teams that haven't won a single finals. Our team next week had their best chance just two years ago to jump up to the next level of teams. Peace out.